I am unashamed. What about you? So welcome back to Unashamed. We, um, Jason's still out on assignment. We sent him out to uh, find some stories and make up some stuff as he's fond of doing. <laughs> he's good at doing that. He's too. good. He's yeah. good at doing that. So we had uh, we had Cy and um, Stone on the last podcast. We traded them for an upgrade in beauty. <laughs> And we have uh, Lisa and Mom, Miss Kay, on the podcast today, joining Dad and I. So, welcome, ladies. Thank you. The the unashamed audience loves them when the ladies are on. So we consistently hear that. So Lisa and I were just in Indiana this last week, and I don't know how many told me how much. Mm-hmm. I know you hear it a lot, babe. Yeah. That they love it when y'all are on the podcast. Sometimes they want to see a face without a hair. <laughs> Yeah, right. It's true. That's exactly right. And since I've been keeping a little on my face lately, so it's nice to have that on. And we pluck ours, so we try not to have any. Yeah. If I can't see it, I just save it off. So, Dad, they like to get the tweezers after theirs. Yeah, there's the women have a penchant for doing a lot of plucking. Mm-hmm. Like plucking chicken feathers. Yeah, I've, I've done a lot of that. <laughs> a lot of plucking. A wayward whisker over here. Got to get it. <laughs> yeah, get it. Got to get it out of there. If I saw them plucking chickens when I was growing up, I ran for the treehouse I had. <laughs> Did you ever actually pluck chickens during I, your? Cooking I actually career? plucked ducks for my with my dad, but I no, I didn't fool them chickens with their dead head hanging over. Yep. No, I didn't like that. And you didn't actually really have to pluck ducks either because, Dad, we always plucked our own ducks. Yeah, but up. my dad would kill ducks sometimes. He yeah. was more of a deer hunter, yeah. but he did kill ducks too and, and quail. Yeah, and you would help with that? Mm-hmm. And you never did, did you, babe? You never no. helped? No. Clean any. I had, to, I had to hold the squirrel's tails. When now, you, I did squirrels. Yeah. For your dad? Mm-hmm. She picked. Pick ducks and held the squirrel legs, you know what? Did you hold them for dad too when you yeah. were? Yeah. My dad course, wasn't a duck hunter though, so I didn't do ducks. I only did squirrel and deer. Yeah. I did help with deer too. Oh, yeah. You like that gutting of the deer, right? No. <laughs> now, dad used to ki- clean deer inside the. Oh, don't remind me, Al. <laughs> inside the apartment. At Louisiana Tech, yeah. Because it was out of, out of season, I assume, probably. That puts you safer behind closed doors. <laughs> <laughs> Hanging from our lighting from the ceiling. It's yeah. funny because I was a little kid, but I can still remember oh. that. And of course, you know, there's a certain smells when you're cleaning a deer. It's not exactly the best, and you'd smell that in the house. The dean of men of the university finally called me in and said, "You know, if people watch you and see what you're doing. It's just not very scholarly." <laughs> <laughs> and the road you live on is called what scholar what I said scholar drive he said you're not very scholarly Mr. Robson you know get all that boats and all this trash and the dead guts and duck feathers that's down at your apartment it's just it's not scholarly yeah what else he had in the living room so they were worried about my vibes <laughs> never knowing that once I left that prestigious university I never had to fall back on it, but I went to the woods and did a lot better than I would have teaching school for 20 years. Well, I will say that. about 25 grand a year. (laughs) I did. I I will say that the night that they, I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the podcast. So the night that they uh, notified you that you were going to be, receive the 2014 alumnus of the year, which was every year they let, you know, some famous alumni of the year, they let them know that you've been deemed this person. And so we were there, Bradshaw was there that night and, you know, they'd had a little thing honoring you and him at the same time, but you were the 2014 and you did, you did notice and, and told the president of the university and others that it was ironic that you were deemed this, and yet th- there was a point in time where you really were not seen as a person that would probably would ever be awarded. No, no, <laughs> as the alumnus of anything, you know. That's right. And so you did kind of notice that that you know. I think they had begun to notice my bank account. 
and that's when the, the, the that's when the car, carpet was 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 spread out in front of me. The red carpet. Well, what Brad Jones? I feel all, all they want to all check. All they want to check. That's what he said. It was so funny. So I tell this story sometimes when I go on the road, and I love telling it because the way you said it, they they were they were laughing as you were telling it. But it was one of those kind of laughs. It's like a nervous laugh. Like they were laughing, but it was like, is he being serious <laughs> or is he joking? But like most satirical uh, stories, there was there was a bit of truth in your humor as you were telling it because it was like, no, I realize now that I'm famous and on television, I realize why you're telling this. But at the, at the time I was here, the accolades were were, were no. heaping on O'Phil. No, no. <laughs> In fact, the way you put it, you said most of the people around me at that time said I was some kind of idiot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I'm a genius, you know. But you were just being truthful. I mean, I find it ironic that you were just speaking truth into it, and it made them kind of nervous. Because most people want to just like say, oh, yeah, thank you so much for this thing. But you were just being honest. I mean, and Bradshaw said all they want is a check, and that's true. I mean, that really is kind of how the game is played, right? Yep. I mean, once you're wealthy, you say, here's a check. But I don't hold it against him. No, and, and you were being funny, and it, it was very funny. It was a funny night. So mom and I went and accepted your award Yep. because you had a scheduling conflict and weren't able to go. So mom and I were able to go and accept on dad's behalf, and That's so right. we did. Because if, if they would have let dad preach the gospel, he'd have gone, but apparently they don't do that on <laughs> college campuses anymore but 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 look i've said it before and I, I do it all over the country there's a picture of dad and it's hanging down there at tech and it's on a wall with because you know louisiana tech's been around a long time hall of fame man. it's a hall of fame it's called the the hall of alumni fame and so i didn't realize tech's been around since the 1800s it's so, old university. Old university. So there's been a there's been a person recognized from the very beginning. So this goes way back. So there's all kinds of people, and a bunch of them I recognize: famous people, country singers, Carl Malone, you know, Bradshaw, all these people you recognize, and business people. And I looked on the whole thing. Of course, Dad was the his picture is the most unique, you know, with the beard and all that. But nobody else mentioned the name of Christ on their plaque, except for that. A couple of them mentioned faith, you know, was mentioned in their little write-up. But only one had Christ, servant of Christ, and that was Dad. So I, so I tell people that makes me proud because, like, that's truly what makes you worthy of being on the wall. I actually became a follower of Jesus after I left Tech. Exactly. Yes. But it was a seedbed of whatever. Yeah, you were a bad boy at Tech. Yeah, but they wasn't. They wasn't for, for Jesus, and I wasn't either. Right at the time, but they were looking post education, and I guess they thought, well, you know, it is what it is. Well, and let's face it, that's what that's how they recognize you. And they recognize you for the first two things on the plat because you were on TV and because you're known that's for it. being a duck call, right. you know, person. Yeah, yep. which is pretty powerful. Which is, you know, mom, that's where you. You know, you got your high school education at Rustin High School. And a real diploma, thank you. You did. Oh, I was going to bring, shoot, I forgot to bring your, uh, yesterday we were at your house and laying on the counter, I was going to bring it over here, was your report card, Your report card, which I guess was that just recently found. It was your your seventh and eighth eighth grade. Seventh and eighth grade report card. Somebody just found it. I was impressed. She showed it to me. I was impressed on how many A's were there. A lot of A's and B's. A lot of A's and B's. I was a brown noser. (laughs) (laughs) My teachers loved me. But. Only a few C's. The C people didn't. Well, I couldn't do nothing with them. I noticed your C's were concentrated in mostly math, which is understandable, and uh, social studies, a couple of C here. Well, I I know. It's just on the part I didn't like there, but. There were a couple of interesting things I just, I thought was was interesting on there. In the, from this era, I guess it was, uh, it had like your, of course it had your parents' name. It had like what church you went to. I know. Which I, I thought, I guess things are a little different in the 50s and 60s, because it was 59, 60, I think, were the yeah. years. 
Like what church you went to? It was part of your education back then. I guess so. Yeah. And I kind of, I lament that because I thought, well, that's interesting. It, it said, you know, first. I noticed it too. Yeah, I, I had, had a first, first Baptist. Baptist church. Yeah, I didn't know that, that that was in there. I didn't either. I thought that was interesting. So I'm looking at it now. And then it had, um, it had your parents' name and occupation and has your mom down as a housewife. Yeah. And your dad was a merchant and a planter. Yep. Which was pretty good. Now, what does that mean, a planter? What? Well, he bought land on Red River where they plant all the uh, cotton and stuff. And farmed it, you know, on the side. Yeah. Okay. So they had that mentioned. Now, has your doctors mentioned, is that just in case you had a, some kind of emergency? You know? Yeah, but you know, back then, they, doctors would even make house calls. Dr. Dupree, who was my doctor at the time. Yeah, he's on here. He, he actually would come to your house. He lived in another town. Oh, really? But they did that. And then your Dr. Ferguson was your dentist. He's mentioned yeah, that. Yeah, you know, he's a nice dentist. I just hated going to the dentist. <laughs> well, so if you had like a dental emergency, I guess you would have to go yes. to see him. Yeah, you had to. But you're co- right. I, I, I wouldn't have thought that to put that kind of. On your report card. Yeah. I just mm-hmm. find that interesting. I mean, that's just, you'd never see that today. No. That'd be way too much information, yeah. personal information. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, they wouldn't allow it. HIPAA no. wouldn't let you. They, you couldn't do that with HIPAA these days. I was trying to look at some of your courses. So you had home living. That's home economics. Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. Yes. Which you had mostly A's, but I see a couple of B's in there. I would have thought you'd been straight A's in that because you're kind of. It was probably the sewing part. Yeah. I, the whole thing I made fell apart. <laughs> it was supposed to be a blouse. <laughs> and I couldn't even wear it because it started coming undone when I put it on. Yeah. Now you had straight B's in music and one C. So you weren't really a musical. Misbehave one day making jokes or something. (laughs) And music wasn't my best either. Physical ed, though, you had all S's. I was there. Whatever that means. Probably that I showed up. Yeah, that's pretty good. I'm not an athletic. Just the opposite. If I'm going to try that, I'll be hurt. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. So another thing I thought was interesting about that <clears throat> is uh, that you this was right before you met Dad because I was figuring out your age here. Yeah. And this would have been you'd have been about twelve or thirteen. So this met was right before 14. your dad. Yeah, this is right before your yeah. dad died, and right yeah. before you met Dad. That's right. So this was kind of the last of quote unquote normal life before really everything changed big. Oh yeah, last right of the innocence. Yeah. Because you were about to go through a big life change right, right. after this. Yeah. Right I wasn't hit. expecting all that to change like that. I mean, that was kind of kind of huge, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah they, they make movies about that kind of stuff. They do. <laughs> yeah, we're about to. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about that, Ma? Yeah, I'm excited. To, uh, they have me so young and pretty. <laughs> and they were saying how good, might have been back then. how good the actress is. And she's a Brit who plays you during this period of time. Yeah. And you know that's really funny. Can I? I can hardly speak English, and yet a British had me messing up the English language. Well, you know, she the Brits do speak English. You didn't know that, right? Well, yeah, but you can't hardly understand. There's some proper, proper okay. English. It's I proper. just, I, I just want you to know that it is the same language that we speak. I just, well, it's more proper. Yeah, that's true. is that correct? That's yeah, right. that's I right. have made the charge before that Sister Robertson there is, you know, is. She knows how to butcher the English language. <laughs> she well, does. <laughs> I wouldn't talk about it because our previous life on the Oak Dynasty, they love when I wreck words. Oh, yeah. yeah. Butchered them and everything Norm, else. Norm Crosby made right. a living of it. They said, yeah. keep doing it. That's right. All right, let's take a break. So, Dad, I don't know if your house is like my house, but. There are a lot of packages that show up at my house. Do you have a lot of packages show up at your house? Trust me when I tell you more than your house. <laughs> I doubt that. <laughs> I don't know, Dad. That's that would be a lot. I don't know. I can't imagine Mom getting as many as, as so. No. We, so we back and forth because we have two places. We have the southern layer as well as our house here, and so every time we show up, how many how many packages? And you give a, you know, I'm not saying you're just you would give a dishonest answer, but how many boxes? Are there when we show up at the southern layer because we're usually away? How many are there at the front door, or sometimes our neighbors put them inside for us? But how many are, are typically there when we arrive? I would say probably at least seven, 
Okay, maybe. They're just using that little mountain yeah. of, of boxes. To boat your know, houses? Yeah. Well, well no. that's just there. Then we come back home and there's that many or more. I'm not home. the only one at my house in West Monroe that orders either. So. Well, so sometimes I get things related to the podcast. And one of the things that I do get that I love is uh, from one of our sponsors called Bespoke Post. And uh, it's it's the box of awesome is what they call it. And so those come once a month. And uh, so I signed up for it, and it, it comes – it's basically just a little surprise package. Yeah. Because, you know, most of the things that Lisa gets, she's ordered. So they're – although I have to say, since she orders so much stuff, it is almost a surprise because she's forgotten. It is. I forget what I order. But, but in, th- in this case, I don't know. So I go in. I go to boxofawesome.com. I take a quiz, and I just kind of let them know the kind of things that I like. You know, outdoor stuff. Yeah. You know, there's there's stuff for the grill. If you like that, if you like camping or hiking and those golf, type of golf exactly. So I like I like pocket knives and I like knives. So I get a lot of really cool knives. Oh, that is cool. That are really great. It's made from my side. And I share some of those with Dad and Jace as well. And so it comes every month. Uh, there's a lot of different categories. Each box is valued at about seventy bucks, but you're only going to pay a fraction of that. Uh, you're also supporting small business. I like that because mom, we started with a small business. We did. And we have people that supported us. 90% of everything that comes in your box of awesome is from a small up and coming brand. It's free to sign up. You can skip a month. Uh, you can also cancel at any time. So you're not locked into any long-term deal to so for any reason you want to get out. You can, uh, you get 20% off your first monthly box. When you sign up at box enter the code Phil at checkout. P-H-I-L. So that's boxofawesome.com. Use the code Phil. You get 20% off your first box. Boxofawesome.com. Use the code Phil and try to keep up with your wife with your packages. That's right. It's like Christmas every other week, though. That's right. Once a month. I love it. You got the idea. Yeah, so I want to talk about that because that was uh, – that's interesting. That is, of course, the, the movie – from what I understand, none of, none of us have seen it, so I may be... Well, we've seen snippets. Snippets. Just a snippet or two. And uh, from my understanding of it, it sort of it, it covers some of your childhood. Yep. And, or more, I guess, dad and his childhood. And then it picks up during this period where um, your teenage years, when mm-hmm. you first meet dad. Yep. And then it goes into the college years and when I'm born. And then it kind of goes into young adult life, which yep. is the bulk of the movie. So that was one of the things I was going to ask you and, and Lisa and I can kind of speak to this too, is the, because we get this question a lot about the kind of the pros and cons of like growing up together. Because the, in the Robertson family, most of us married young. I mean, you guys were even younger right. than any of us, um, not necessarily married, but together. Yeah. And uh, But we've all stayed married and had difficulties, but we've all stayed married. And we, I, I mean, the way I explain it to people is we kind of grew up together. You know, we were immature. We certainly had problems. But, but we've managed, you know. And so I want to talk about that a little bit, kind of from y'all's perspective, and then we can speak to that as well. But... What was it like to grow up basically together? Because you were just kids when you met. I mean, well, what what pushed it together was the death of her dad, combined with uh, the behavior of her mother and what she did because of that. So it was like, so so. Well, mother did see. We were dating at the same time, and when I had to be home, she wasn't there, and sometimes she didn't come home at all. So I mean, here, because she kind of lost it, right? And yeah. When she yeah. was, because she was quite a bit younger than your dad was only forty eight. Forty nine. Forty nine. She and, was forty two okay. when he died. And so, and then she, she just kind of went. She went. She remarried within the, about four year. Right, and then she kind of just like lost her way, right? Is right. Like the, when, yeah, when, I think she just. She did it because back then women were so dependent on their husbands, they couldn't even write a check. He wrote the check, gave her the money, did everything. And I I think she was so afraid. She didn't really know how to take care of herself, right? That's right. Yeah. And they felt like they had to have a man to support them and, you know, protect them and 
everything like that. And I think that's why I wound up so much more alone. And then when I, Phil was not only my boyfriend, but he was like my protector and everything. I'd have been by myself at that house, wouldn't I, Phil? Yep. And had y'all started dating before he died? Well, y'all, he won't remember this. Let me tell it right. (laughs) (laughs) We dated. We liked each other. And and a girl hooked us up, you know, told me that he wanted me to walk him off the field, told me he Which wanted I think me. this is in the film, I think. Uh, yeah, he yeah. wanted me to walk him off the football field that night, and she told Phil that I asked if if I could walk him off the field. So she set us up. She had a little, you had a little yeah. setup person. But it worked. That's the main thing, that it worked. And for them, and we dated my freshman year, 14, all that. But then for some stupid reason, Phil said I was interfering with his hunting season so that we would have to not date because he didn't have time for a girl during the hunting season. You don't remember that, do you? I remember. Okay. So we were, and then, so I was waiting for him to come back after hunting season, and then he started fishing and all that, and I was like, well, whatever. So... But when we actually went back together was the day, the funeral of my dad, and several of the, I had a whole bunch of classmates that came to the funeral. and But I remember when he came by and walked, and he looked at me, and I looked at him, and then, you know, he went by the body and went on out. And uh, so when it was over, I went up to tell him, thank you, you know, for coming. And it just all started back again, didn't it? Yep. He realized he loved me. <laughs> so here now, we so here we sit through all the years. Was it worth 60, it? Sixty four years dating and married. Was it worth it? Of course it was. This is a dream come true for me. I dreamed about somebody like a pioneer man and I got one. I just didn't get the real deal till he became a Christian. I got the rough man. But it was kind of forged in fire, so to speak, because it started in tragedy, and it was kind of him looking out for you, even even at the beginning. And see, my dad would have loved him because he was a hunter, too, and fisherman, and uh, they would have had a lot in common. But that probably also explains some of why you were drawn to dad. Well, it was almost like I became her dad. Well, that's what I'm saying. The qualities you had is what she loved about her dad, too. So, well, I helped. I helped. I held the squirrel legs. I I picked duck feathers. I quit. I pick. Do we pick quails? I yep. can't remember. Oh, yeah. yeah, we did that because he was a big bird hunter, and he fished all that. And I, you know, I did. I helped with those releasing of the brim that you have to do this to. You know, yeah, I did all that with him. And sometimes I would go just on a right. He loved to just go to the bottoms, which is down the hill. You know where we go down. The Red River's down there, isn't it? Yep. And that, you know, we, he would just show me things and tell me things. And it's the first time I saw a bad, bad snake down there, too. But it was just, we had time to do things like that. One day, we he I rode with him to Texacana. And we weren't going for any reason but just to look. We just looked. And then, of course, I saw a Dairy Queen. And we stopped there and, you know, got some. But that was special memories of me and just me and my dad. Because, see, my sister was eight years older than me. So I was kind of popped in there, not planned. But then I become, you know, meant a lot to them because they, they didn't plan me, but they loved me. Right. And I think with us, I would say, I mean, most of we were married young. Yeah, and so even though there were you know some struggles from early years, I think from immaturity, still there was something about sort of maturing together at the same time that it made it special. I, I don't know how would you describe that. I think so. I, I mean, I love that we were young together, we were middle aged together, and now we're growing old together. I mean, it's just something about that, you know, that you you know looking back. It it was looks like it was about this long. It, yeah. It happened yeah. quickly. Yeah. 
Think about it, Al. Your whiskers are gray now. <laughs> They're white. <laughs> <laughs> and you're talking about the years where you... Well, you for it, it's almost been 40 years that Lisa and I have been together. Yeah. Yeah. Been married. Yeah. That seems fast. It does. It seems very fast. But oh, I remember him with a crew cut. How about that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I love those memories. I wouldn't change any part of them. The, the rough patches, I mean... If there was a way around that, sure, I would love, you know, to not have to go through that. But they are, they made us who we are, you know, and they made our love what our love is. And so I don't, I wouldn't change anything. I mean, nothing about our life would I change. Well, we were laughing about it because at one time we we were transitioning with houses and, you know, some of the the things we, we have and the blessings we have. We were talking about when we first got married, we were living in the front bedroom at Granny and Paul's house. Yep. We didn't even have a house. I remember it. You know, because yeah. we decided to get married. I mean, I was a brand new Christian, and, you know, Lisa and I were we were in love, and we were just like, you know, why wait? Yeah, that was kind of like a 1850-type deal. Exactly. And Granny and Paul <laughs> were there, and so I came to I came to y'all, and, and I said, look. Well, they can't hear anyway, so. They can't hear and they were snoring every night. So I came to y'all and I was like, look, of course, you know, the boys were still home. And so I had been living there too. And with y'all, and I was like, look, I mean, I love Lisa. And so I think well, I want to get married. You know, we want to do the right thing. And we decided to be pure. And, but, you know, I mean, we don't really have, have much going on. I was working for y'all. And I said, but but we want to get married. And y'all were like, go for it. You know, and of course, her parents were like, oh, y'all are crazy. <laughs> You, know, you don't have anything. And, of course, but y'all were like us. You were like, well, you just build it. That's know? right. We didn't have anything either starting out. Lucky for us, though, that I came from a rich family <laughs> that had a grocery store. <laughs> and every time I went to visit, I brought us a box full of food back. Tried to get them as many steaks as I could get in there. Well, that's what I'm saying. The rich, though, is always, it's always a, <laughs> you know, relative because yeah. I always thought Lisa's family had a lot of money because they had a brick house. But looking back on now, I was like, no, they, they just had jobs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we just. We just didn't have much. And so like everybody had money if they had a brick house. That was yeah, like, well, yeah. my nanny's house was the first brick house in Ida. Yeah. So it seemed like, man, they were rolling in it, right? Yeah. they And they had the biggest business. The But if you were question. just doing that well and. Whatever endeavor you were doing in those days, yeah, it didn't take a whole lot to to live the good life. That's right, and and I mean things were cheap. So anyway, so we decided we were gonna get married. It happened pretty quick, and Granny and Paul said, "Well, y'all just live in this front bedroom," and so we did. And then we got the little place next door, the blue house. Yeah, before it was blue. And that was the the Lillo's camp, and y'all had tried to buy it, but he wouldn't sell it. And they remember they came down. He didn't come down very often. And then his wife came down there one day, and she pulled a cushion up on that chair in the living room. It just had two rooms. It had an outhouse out back. Yeah. We didn't have a bathroom. Yeah. And there was a big old chicken snake on that chair in the <laughs> in the living room, and she hit that front door and never even worried about the steps. She did about three rolls and got in her car and left and told Mr. Lillo that she would never be back. Yeah. So he came down the next day and said he's ready to sell. Yeah, the, the Lord works in mysterious ways. <laughs> we got married. They're a, they're a chicken snake. We got married, needed a place to live. The Lord sent a chicken snake in there. Yeah. Yeah. And got under that chair. And Miss Lillo said she would never. That thing went up for sale after that. <laughs> next day, up for sale. By the way, now it's being torn down by. Jimmy Red, the redneck. Because there ain't no telling what's living in there. He says he can move what's left of that that little building, move it up the road, and somehow or another put it on some logs and roll it to his place up there. It's going to become part of his empire? He's about three-quarters of a mile away, but it— He's, that's going in. That's, How does that make you feel, babe? It'll go right to your family. Yeah. 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 You're kin to him down through the... <laughs> you're, you're kin He's to, my nephew. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Well, my li- brother's son. He lives but, on. Well, the, he, building, he, the building is still there. Yeah. He contacted somebody to move it because he knew he was going to have trouble with moving it. 
So they said, yeah, you give us $5,000, we will move that house right on out there. Mm. And then he said, well, do you think I could borrow it from you? And I'm like, that, no. <laughs> That's ridiculous. We just gave you the house. I know, we gave you a house. Now you want to pay for us moving it up to your house? Yeah. Well, y'all, we got a loan, and uh, y'all co-signed it for us. And it was, uh, I can't remember what the original, we had to borrow 3000 I guess it was $5,000. And then, so that's what it originally cost, five grand. And to us. But our and first loan too, was 8500 It was 8500 because we had to borrow. That was a lot of money in them days. Oh, it was big money. And so we had to borrow 3500 on top of the five grand to fix it up because we had to have a bathroom. Oh, yeah, they didn't, yeah. But they had an outhouse that was yeah. full of brown recruit spiders. Well, you know. That's a bad deal. We got to use the bathroom. You, you you're talking about having to I know. toe lightly. Yeah. The I had tulips. to do that in the back of our store. You know, it didn't at, when it was that you know, age. You kind of tend to hover yeah. when you're going to the bathroom when you're worried about a brown recluse spider, you know, biting you. But uh, so we had to, we, so who, uh, Lisa's dad, he enclosed the front porch and built us a bathroom. And, and a bathroom and a living room. Living room. Mm-hmm. And then we had a. So I we had, peed more in the bushes than I have on commodes <laughs> over my entire life. Is that why some of the bushes died? <laughs> Maybe. That's, that's not too good on the landscaping situation around there. But it's for what you said, you know, these. these well, the other issue. I was raised where there was a toilet, little, little board building yeah. about all. Oh, Couple of hundred yards from the house. Yeah, that's where you went. You know to use the bathroom. But other things so, lived there. So so males, that you know they just get out in the bushes. You know, yeah. take a leak. I yeah, mean, but the other issue at, at y'all's house was that you get out behind the house in the bushes out there. That's where the purple tail and the red wasps like to build a nest in there. Uh, I'm telling you, you got to be real easy around everything around there. Things tend to want to hurt you. Plus, there was more than one snake killed in the toilet. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's just a board with a hole in it. That's right. I'm That's what I'm know. saying. I think we um, trained our grandsons off the porch, didn't we? To pee off the porch. That's what I'm yeah. They loved it. Yeah. Of course they and now did. they still try to do it sometimes. It was always fun, you know, who can out pee the other one distance well. <laughs> oh, Lord knows, I didn't do any of that. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be quite the same for the girls. Yeah. Okay, we've gone down a bad trail now. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Get off potty works. <laughs> so, so I wanted, so that was our way, but it's so different now, Mom. You think about it. So now, to Dad's point, we've gotten at this point in our lives and our age. So this spring, two of your grandchildren are getting married. Yeah. So Lil Will is getting married next month. Yes. And then you got Lily. Lily. Who, who's Jep's oldest. Oldest. When she's about, what, 18, 19? No. She's 21. I don't think. I didn't yeah. know if she was that. She's well, I'm sure she's been in college. She's been in college two at, least two at least two years. At least She's at least 20, years. so 20 or 21. And they want to spend a few months, they said, down here right next to us. That's what I heard. In the trailer house over there. Which is kind of continuing the tradition, which I thought was kind of cool, because that's right where we live. And guess where he's from? California. I know it. He's a good kid. I really like him. He really is a great one. But I just don't know if he's ready for living with down next to us. For, for three months, two months. I yeah, think. I don't. I don't think they've been they, down there and visited that yet. So not so, yet. Then. Yeah. So what? So what would <laughs> might you... have to hold on to that until they come for a visit? <laughs> so well, what... I did fix it up. <laughs> yeah, because because uh, has been staying there, right? Yeah. So what sort of thing will y'all like trying to teach them? Because here's the twenty somethings. They're going to be with y'all. So what? What kind of? What kind of well, mar- I'm, life I'm lessons on, would you I'm, teach? Them? I'm. I'm figuring on. Uh, fattening him up for one thing because he loves my food. I mean, he will. I know where y'all He's a college likes. athlete because he's a baseball player. Yeah, college. he is. So he'll love the cooking. He will. He'll love that. Lily has a little eating thing, so she won't be eating all She's tiny. Food. Yeah. Okay, you'll have to start cooking again because you've just about quit cooking. Yep. She's so not you're going to have to start cooking, cooking. again. You're going to come in on this one. <laughs> She's not cooking much. Well, somebody to. else that cooked with me in the kitchen's not cooking like he used to either. Mm. Don't know who that is, but <laughs> yeah, who makes the gumbo? Who makes the jambalaya? You two are going to have to start cooking if you're going to have people down here staying with you. Yeah. 
You know, it's something, you know, you get in there, start, you're going, when you start going toward 80, <laughs> the menu begins to change. It was the same with uh, Granny. When she got about y'all's age, she didn't cook as much. Of course, That's y'all right. kind of took over. Yeah. It's just kind of as you get older, but y'all don't eat as much either. So it's well, kind of some not near as much. Some people do. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Most people still eat a good bit. Some people, <laughs> the skinnier people in our house don't. for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, everybody, everybody said, oh, worry about getting heavy, worry about getting heavy. They came to me and they said, you need to gain some weight. Yeah, we're having to do the opposite with, with Dad. We're having to fatten yep. him up a little um, bit. Yeah, I, women, don't, women don't lose weight like that. They usually plump up and, you know. I can look at food and gain yeah. two pounds. Get a big behind. I know of no other family, none, not even close, on the art of families still meeting together and eating together. I know of no other ones that tops us. That's true. Or as food stuff. Well, it's interesting because y'all are. I mean, from barbecue to to whatever. And unfortunately for y'all, you're still y'all are a little bit isolated because y'all still live out here. If y'all lived up with the rest of us in the neighborhood, you wouldn't have to worry about cooking because, I mean, our whole neighborhood is yeah, every some meal of the best y'all have. Cook. Y'all usually have people there. Oh, it's amazing! With some of the best cooks in West Monroe are all on our street, and y'all all trained yeah. us. I mean, and now even my kids and our the next generation of cooks. Well, I was are so amazing. shocked when I ate Missy's meatloaf, and it was exactly as good as. That's mine. what I'm saying. It's amazing. Like, and Jessica can cook too. Oh yeah. And Jep likes to. Jep's fantastic. Yeah. And Jason will cook certain things, mm-hmm. you know, and he can cook them good too. Yeah. And uh, well, Alex makes your meatloaf too. It's amazing. That's right. It's just like it. so, yeah. And, and like tonight, she's cooking uh, a pork roast, Italian style pork roast. I mean, so it's just like every night, you know, we're eating. So I wish I were there, but you're out here. But at Corey's house now, Willie is cooking, and Corey is doing everything else, not cooking. <laughs> no, she doesn't have to. No, that's true. But you know, it's just. It is pretty amazing, but you'll still, what other things would you teach? Would you tell them about relationship and marriage? Yeah, we'll be teaching them a lot about marriage and forgiveness. Yeah, staying together. uh, And outreach outreach toward their neighbor, you know. Yeah. Well, my grandmother taught me. uh, We'd be sitting on the swing watching the cars go by. We waved at every car, whether you knew them or not. That's just what you did. And we were sitting out there talking about all kind of things. And see, she would tell me, well, when you marry now, it's for life. It's for one man and one woman for life. And I said, well, I think some people get divorced. And she said, well, you won't even use that word because you won't need to. You're not, you won't ever. And I mean, that was plowed into me. Like that one I retained. Yeah, I really kept that one. Some things I didn't do so well at. But. But even in that, me and Phil were always, we were together so much that it wasn't even really realistic. But but like I say, my daddy passed away. My mama was kind of had a little nervous breakdown and started drinking pretty heavy. And so I had problems there. But, you know, the thing is, I knew from Nanny that if when I got my husband, it was going to be forever. Of course, I thought I thought it'd be just Never a problem, but that was a lot. Well, when we were, Lisa and I were just in Indiana, and um, it was kind of a Q&A style um, event, and one of the, the questions the guy asked us in front of this audience was, what advice would you give people about marriage? And instantly, Lisa said, um, well, tell me what you said about honesty, and then I'll tell what I said, because, I mean, it's, I mean, without even thinking, we instantly said, here's, here's, here are two things that we would do, and we'll tell, tell what you said, and I'll tell what I said. I just said openness and honesty, because, um, you know, there's lots of things that happen to us whenever we're younger, going, you know, all the way up until we get married, and we go into a marriage with a lot of baggage, and our spouse needs to know what that baggage is. And um, we need to pull those bags out and we need to talk about them and and we need to go through these things that we've been through and um, we need to be able to heal from them and and not just hide all this stuff. Um, Because the way you react to things has a lot to do with 
how you were raised. And if you're reacting to something in a negative way, then your spouse will recognize that because they know what you've been through. So they, they know your past. Um, and, you know, I just stated that honesty is one of the most important things. Yep. And even even yesterday, I was talking to a girl by text that Al and I have been talking to her and her husband who are going through some um, marriage problems. And um, And I told her, I said, truth is sometimes hard to to give because because of feelings but i said look feelings change truth is always the truth and in order to build trust and sometimes to build trust back you have to be honest honesty is the most important thing and um and that's the way it was in our marriage i mean honesty and openness, and to be open with everything. I have no secrets whatsoever from Alan anymore. He knows everything about my life. And so openness and honesty is one of the things that we teach that's the most important thing for a couple to do. And so, Yeah, I never thought I would be getting to the age to where you have some advice and counsel with your grandchildren. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Exactly. You're like, whoa. And yet they need it. Desperately, because where else would they get it? You know, that's 20 years, 21 years from birth to now. But actually, you know, it's really not that long. I mean, but it just, and that's it's right. there. But you think about that, where else would they get it? They're not going to get it from the school system. Nope. They're not going to get it from social media. Nope. Or friends. Nope. And so if it doesn't come from us, where will they get it? Right. And so that's what you have to be reminded of. And we noticed that too. So I came immediately on the heels of Lisa saying that. And again, it was back to that the sermon I preached Sunday, always be prepared to give an answer yeah, for the Hope Trail. That was so good. And you know, so, there were seven children in the Robertson clan. There's two of them left, Cy and me. Well, it's it's pretty interesting to 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 note that uh none of them there were seven of us, but none of them ever Bought cell phones. Mm-hmm. My, my my family, the oldest of Jimmy, Frank, Harold, Judy, Tommy, Jan, they're all gone. Sign out the last. He, we, we're the last ones left, and we don't have computers either. Why the the why? I, I have no idea. They just never. They just didn't didn't fool with them. Well, most of y'all were. You know, we started out. Pre- we never heard of them. Pre- most of y'all were pre-cell phone, but you're right. The last couple that could have just chose not to. <laughs> chose not to. Yeah, but that's kind of. But you do. I'm glad people have them, or they wouldn't be listening to what we're having to say right now. Yeah, and most people, that's the way they the function. The work environment in the world. they have to have. Them. And, and yep. Phil, you're always asking one of your boys. What does that say on the river stage or, you know, whatever? It's hard to function without them. But to Dad's point, you have to – they bring a lot of mischief. It's better if you can control it. And look, we spend a lot of time trying to control the environment. And I watch my kids do it, control the environment of their children because it can become so consuming. Yeah. I mean, my granddaughter got the – she hadn't even literally wiped the sleep out of her eyes, and she's wanting to know where the – computer was oh yeah the, the ipad yeah and i said go ask your ma'am and i knew what was supposed to happen and i hear you know the lisa coming down like the thunderstorm <laughs> in there we're not doing that you're going you, you can do this you can do that. And then all of a sudden Eight everybody's sc- in the morning everybody scampers in off and that was the end of that but i, yeah. I knew what was going to happen because, but I thought that's how addictive they can become that you literally can't even get woke up good. Yeah. Well, you, see, my rule is at my I house. looked at that and I concluded what you did. I said, just seems like there's a lot of, uh, I yeah. don't know what you call it, mischief going on. You have that to, particular device. Like anything think, else, it I takes ex- a lot out. of discipline and with them because it's like anything else, it can become. It can become crazy. So back to Lisa's point. So I added in, if you're going to have openness and honesty, you have to have forgiveness. Dad mentioned it earlier. Because if you're going to have openness, that means you're going to be open about mistakes. And if you're going to be open about mistakes, you're going to have to have some venue like we do with the Almighty where we can extend forgiveness for mistakes. And here's the thing about it. If you can't extend it the way God does, but it's always harsh, 
then people won't be honest with you. Because it'll be easier for them to lie yeah. and be honest if you're going to respond like a thunderstorm every time they're honest. Lisa mentioned this couple we've been working with. This guy said, look, you've got to have a you got to be like the Almighty. If you don't foster honesty, if you're harsh every time there's honesty, they won't be. She won't be honest. She's. It'd be easier for her to lie. Yeah. So I was like, a lot of this depends on you, and I had to learn that the hard way. And so we mentioned that to this audience because we knew if you can get those two things going in the right direction, where you can tell the truth and where you can say, "I forgive you." And I told the audience, I said the hardest words to say. For most people, is I was wrong. Yeah, I love it when men finally say it. I was wrong, and please forgive me. And then the response is, I forgive you, and I love you. And those are hard things to say, especially when somebody's feelings are hurt. But if you can say those words and mean them, and then live it, then you can usually rock and roll. Yep. And so, but that what a great thing to teach your grandchildren. And we've noticed that in our grandkids now that they're dating. And having trouble yeah. and having breakups and all that, you ha- they have to learn that somewhere. And trust me, it doesn't happen by osmosis and natural. No. You're not going to learn that from the world. No. Nope. All you're going to learn is anger, bitterness, yep. and difficulty. Yep. So, I mean, it's up to us to be able to teach them. And it's interesting because we're going to do uh, questions. We're almost out of time. But one of the questions was, what's your advice for parenting uh, young children to teen and adult. So that's exactly what we've been talking about. I mean, that's, that is what you have to do to teach them that, right? And you know, when Phil went through his bad time with that, when he didn't have the Lord in those 10 years, you know, well, when I stuck with him, then everybody was mad at me because they said, leave him, leave him, leave him. And I said, no, my grandmother taught me to stay because that was what you were supposed to do. And you just pray, and, you know, God will fix it eventually. Are you glad you did? Yes. <laughs> Are you glad I did? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I love it when Mom goes to speak somewhere, and she comes in, and Dad says, Well, Miss Katie, you throw me under the bus tonight. And she said, Yep, but God got you out from under it. He did. <laughs> is- but nobody stayed. T- they just didn't live in it 10 years, I'm telling you. But I just would every day. And the only thing I ever felt so guilty about was that you, being the oldest one, you know, had a lot too much responsibility to me almost with your brothers because I would lose a lot of sleep waiting up for him to come in. That didn't come in until really, really daylight or something. And, you know, there you were. But then I told you I apologized, and you said that you didn't mind, and that probably made you a better person. Yeah, how you came out of that, out of those years, in a wonderful way. You add it all up. I say it's a miracle of God because I mean I was raised on a college campus by teenagers initially, and then though I mean I was on a college campus the other night, and I said that, and they all broke out laughing because I was like, I mean, look at yourselves. (laughs) I mean, would y'all be good at raising a baby here? And everybody started laughing. I was like, it's a miracle. I survived. Well, and then we lived for his first job. We lived on the road. And it wasn't took you three minutes to get up to uh, Brother Layton and his wife, which he was a preacher, a retired one, I guess, and she was blind. Yeah. And you went every day there. Yeah, that provided my my church uh, experiences and my Bible knowledge that I still use to this day. So I want to mention this last couple of minutes. I had it at the beginning and, and forgot. So we're talking a lot about age on this podcast and our age differences. And this is really interesting. So I come in this morning when I brought y'all some Chick-fil-A, and y'all were all three, ain't and two, uh, engrossed in watching Gunsmoke. <laughs> and, and, so, and so Alex tells me, she said, you know, it was, it was interesting because when I first I heard Papa Phil talking about Matt Dillon, because he kept saying Matt Dillon, you know, solves all the problems, and Matt Dillon does this, and Matt Dillon does that. And so she said she gets to talking with Maddie, who's our other you know, girl that works here, because they're young, see, and they're like... They don't know Matt Dillon. Well, they were trying to figure out... They thought he was talking about the actor, Matt Dillon. Oh, no. <laughs> so they were like, <laughs> what movies is Pablo Phil talking about that Matt Dillon is in that he's like... He, he's such a big Matt Dillon fan. Talking about the actor. Yeah, and this Matt Dillon. Wrong. Which Dad probably didn't even know who Matt Dillon, the actor, no. is. Dude. 
So, because they're young, so they weren't relating it to Gunsmoke. They don't even. They don't even. See, they've never that, seen that, Gunsmoke. This show was actually made in the fifties, <laughs> right? So they're so they're start looking up all the movies that Matt Dillon has been in, trying to figure it out. <laughs> And I, it just was comical because it shows you when you a difference in age. So you kept mentioning Matt Dillon, and then they finally put it together. Oh, Gunsmoke, the old Western, yeah, is the character Matt Dillon. So I just thought we laughed about it when Alice was telling all me. of those episodes. It's a picture of the 1950s. Yeah. And before then, they portray in the 1800s, right. still Indian Wars or whatever. But you, but you, you, you look at it. Every issue, I mean, from love, hate, you know, uh, the what, add the knowledge, goodness, perseverance, <laughs> godliness, brotherly kind. It's it's all in there. Well, I walked in today, and they were just. It was a silence. Like everything was just like they were locked in. Like we were watching, you know, like the latest movie. Yeah. And it was black and white. Gunsmoke, gun but y'all were locked into it. I was like, I was chuckling because I was thinking about that. What we were talking about the podcast. <laughs> yeah, they, they're good though. I mean, they were timeless. It was like, and they was, teach oh. you really good lessons too. Mm. Oh yeah, which is really good. All right, so I had a question, and I'm going to pose it. And then we're, but we we don't have any more time, so we'll answer it in the in the overtime. So if you want to follow us over, you can hear the answer to it. But um, this person, Cindy, said they want to ask you this question, babe. Said. Uh, I'm trying to help someone who confessed to having an abortion many years ago. They were young, and their parents encouraged the abortion, and I guess they've heard your story. And now years later, they feel deep regret and guilt, and so she's wondering what to say about it. And so obviously you have a lot of um, experience in that. So we're going to answer that in the overtime and maybe a couple more questions. So if you want to follow us over, this blazetv.com slash unashamed. Thank you all both for coming on. You're so much more elegant and thought-provoking than Jace, but we won't tell him that. So. No, we'll get an argument. We're more fun. That's right. There you go. So thank you all for being on the podcast. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube, and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.